you just want a little bit more of the Patricks in your life. We understand how it is. Lawrence goes downfield and the catch is made. Tua goes deep for Waddle. Got him in stride. Touchdown, Alabama. Pat's interference. Jalen Hurts solidified himself. He will go down as probably one of my favorite players of all time. There are two kings of college football, but one of them's wearing the crown. Alabama's offensive coordinator position has become just like the defense against the dark arts position at Hogwarts. Don't you find it kind of shocking we haven't been taken off iTunes yet? Hey everyone, Christian Miller here, former Alabama linebacker number 47, and you're listening to Pat's Interference. What's going on everybody? Year 5, episode 15 of Pat's Interference. We're we're weathered. We're a well-oiled machine now. You know what's coming. This is your favorite college football podcast. My name is Patrick Norwood, the less talented, less pretty of the two podcasts host right now. Also got Patrick Brickman out in Birmingham, Alabama. Brick, how you doing tonight? I'm doing uh, I'm doing okay. It's been a it's been a very long week so far. I, I bet it's been a really long week for you, buddy. How are you hanging in there? I'm hanging in there. I'm I'm hanging in there. How are you? I, I'm I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, it it it's been a, it's been a little bit of a weird week here too. Uh, our departments at work's kind of up in the air right now. My creative partner leaves tomorrow, so that's that's Ooh, a tough that's one. Tough. And yeah, obviously for us Alabama grads, it's a little bit of a tough week uh, this weekend too, uh, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, first off, I, I would be remiss if I did not say happy anniversary to you and your your lovely wife. Thank you very um, much. Actually, tomorrow, but we're celebrating. I know it's tomorrow. We're celebrating I know it's tonight. tomorrow. You were there. Podcasting right. today. Yeah, you were there. You were at the wedding. Um, I was there. I was there. It was, it was a great day. We had a blast. Um, I know you and I are checking scores pretty much the entire wedding, but I hope the parts that you were actually paying attention to, you enjoyed. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I guess I did. We did do a little score checking uh, that day. Um, if you haven't gathered, this is a college football podcast brought to you by Mellow Yellow, uh, sweet citrus soda uh, by the Coca-Cola company. And um, wow. Yeah, we've been doing this, like we said, about five years, and this is, I don't know, this is one of the tougher ones we've had to do. We're, we're both Alabama grads, uh, both Patrick's here went to Alabama, so normally we just do college football as a whole, but we are just, we're, we're going to sort of bring it in um, and, and sort of internalize in this podcast how we feel, how really all of college football feels since Saturday, you know, Tua Tungvaluwa went down uh, with the season-ending injury. And it's it's been tough. It's been tough. Plus, I it's, work in Birmingham sports media, so it's been pretty constant all week. You're all Just, over the place. It's it's all or you know it's it's everything right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's sad. You know, it's 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 a it's a really weird episode for us to do. We've had to do um, every year we've done this podcast. Alabama has made it to the national championship, right? And we've done right. two episodes where they won it, and we've done two episodes where they lost to Clemson. Um, and it's it's very very weird. Uh, to think about how I would rather do another one of those episodes in a heartbeat right now than talk about what we're about to have to talk about. That's right. Um, if uh, if you don't already, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at PI underscore podcast on Facebook at Pat's Interference. It's P-A-T apostrophe S interference. Um, you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. And I will say right now, uh, I, I wrote a small piece um, just talking with Brick a little bit. Um, about Tua and the injury and his legacy at Alabama. Um, you can go to patsinterference.com slash thoughts if you want to see that. Uh, again, that's patsinterference.com slash thoughts uh, if you want to read that piece on Tua. Um, then I'm going to talk about it a little bit on here because it's, I mean, I, I, I tried to, I wanted to write something to get 
my my thoughts out and try and get everything on paper. Um, it's, it's like we said, we, it, it's been a tough week. Um, so hopefully you like this podcast. I know this is going to be a weird episode. Uh, we're not going to talk a whole lot about college football last week, um, or next week. Cause next week's kind of a dud. Um, and last week there were two big games and that was pretty much it. Um, this first little bit, we're going to go ahead and talk about, uh, brick, probably one of the sadder, um, storylines in Alabama football history that I can remember that, uh, doesn't involve a game being lost. Yeah, um, 100%. you know, it's it's uh, it, it, it's just a very, very bad win on Saturday. Um, you've got uh, Tua trots out. We'll set the stage a little bit and then we'll kind of get into our discussion. Um, trots out up 35 seven and had a awesome day passing the ball. Looked like his old self, even though everybody pretty much knew he was injured. Um, got hit a couple times, but bounced up pretty much almost immediately uh, every single time. And then up 35-7, Saban decides that they need some practice in the two-minute drill. Um, sends Tua back out there. He gets tackled from behind and you know, has a freak injury, dislocates his hip. He's out for the season. Uh, they are hoping he will be able to start throwing again in the springtime. Had a successful surgery in Houston Monday morning. Uh, Brick, I want to start out with this, um, and I'll get my opinion. I want to get yours, too. A lot of people originally blame this on Saban. How do you send Tua out up 35-7? And there's a lot of different things we could talk about there. Um, the one thing that I want to talk about most is a lot of people are criticizing the reasoning, saying, oh, well, you're up 35-7. Why didn't you need two-minute drill practice? Here's why he needed it. In the last uh, two two-minute drill opportunities that Tua has had uh, in uh, games before halftime, one was against South Carolina, um, where they went three and out, and he missed. He had two incompletions. The other was against LSU, where on the first play he threw an interception. So the people complaining about why do you send him out there to practice? He needs to practice at practice. I understand what you mean there, but you also have to understand this had not been executed correctly uh, in a game situation, or maybe not executed to Saban's liking in a game situation this season. Uh, and since Saban's the perfectionist that he is, he is going to send Tua out there every single time until it gets right. Um, and so, Brick, I want to get your thoughts on that. And, you know, I don't in my opinion, there's no one really to blame for this happening. I, I do see where people are coming from when they say that it's Saban's fault. Uh, but I want to get your thoughts on that right now. My initial my initial reaction uh, in, in the stadium um, was was anger. Um, I was annoyed, not annoyed. I was upset. Um, but that that was because at the time I, I thought he'd re-injured his ankle, which would have told us one that ankle was not ready to go back out there, and two if you knew that, why is he still out there up thirty-five-seven? But it wasn't his ankle, and and as soon as we sort of realized, and it didn't take very long, it took about ten minutes until ESPN came out and said it's a it's a hip. It that that anger went away. I owned up to it, you know. I told a couple people I was wrong. I was like, all right, if it's not his ankle, I was wrong. This isn't Saban's fault. Like this is it happens. But players get hurt. This was unrelated to anything he had, any ailment he's had. He's had a lot at Alabama, unrelated to all of them. Um, and and it's but that's consistent with the way Saban's always coached. Uh, you know, he's right. never he's never pulled his starters out in the first half. Last year, sometimes Tua would come out because we had Jalen Hurts, but. It's different. Well, we don't have Jalen this year, right? Mac's a straight-up backup quarterback. There's no package yeah. for Mac. There's packages for Jalen. He was almost a 1B last year. There's no package for Mac. Mac comes in in the third quarter. He's always consistent. I think Tua might have 
there's a chance I think Tua might have played the first drive of. The, he said that that was his last drive, but saving a lot of times plays as starters one drive in the second half as well. It's not anybody's yeah. fault, and and I think that that's sort of. I'm glad that that's the storyline that. And when the dust settled, that was where most people took it. You've still got some people mad, but I, I'm not in. Yeah. I'm not in the blame Saban train. If it had no, been his I'm ankle, not... I would have. That's, that's yeah. I'm not. E- I'm not either. Like like we said, it's just I don't think anyone. And I mentioned this in the the piece that I wrote. I don't think anyone had a heavier heart uh, other than a uh, Tagovailoa family member than Nick Saban. Um, I, I can't I can't imagine uh, the heartache and the absolute pain that he felt and the guilt that he felt um, that night. That's a that's a very lonely office to go and sit in the next day. Yeah, and it's um, not, and it's I, none of none of what we're saying today, and especially none of what Saban said, you know, because we're Alabama fans. But this 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 has very little to do with how it affects you know the the. The team and, and the fact that Alabama probably won't win the national championship. Yes, there's some sadness on that end too, but it, the reason you hate it is so much. You hate to see any player get injured, but it does add a little bit when it when it's a guy with the with the character and the you know just the 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 sort of ambassador that that too has been for Alabama football and college football. It's it's that sort of part of it that plays yeah, into a, it. A very. Uh... A very bright light uh, went out for college football this weekend. Right. It, it was like um, it was like when Marcus Lattimore went down. Everybody loved Marcus Lattimore. Even Clemson fans loved Marcus Lattimore. It, it, it's 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 in that realm. Yes, you hate to see a player get hurt, but we yeah. know this player so intimately as fans. And all football knows him so intimately. It's not. It it does add something. You hate to say it. You want to say that every player is all equal and fair when it comes to injuries, but it's not. Yeah, no, it's not, and I, I think unfair is the best word you could put uh, with the situation on Saturday. And you know, this guy is somebody that just—he wasn't just somebody on the field that was a great athlete and was a great player. There's there's several guys I think you can point to and say they were good guys on and off the field, but off the field was a lot of the stuff that made them what they were. Um, Tim Tebow obviously comes to mind for a lot of people there. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, guys like Kyler Murray, um, who were just uh, very humble, um, were big, you know, and it goes the other way too. You got guys like Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton who are a little bit more cocky and, um, their college careers were great, but they'll always be remembered for sort of things off the field or things that kind of happened, uh, on the field that didn't really have a lot to do with football. Um, this is a guy who is very religious, very open about his religion, which is a big, um, standing point to people. He was somebody that was always willing to give autographs. I mean, you were around him constantly. You were around him a lot more than I was. You knew he was always smiling, and he just loved the every, game of every football. Every game, every home game that I've covered, and and away game. You know, media were there late. We're there two, three, yeah. sometimes four hours after these games. And you know, I'm out shooting stand ups and getting ready to put stuff on TV. And and you know, especially at home games. But he's I've seen him do it at away games. He'll. He, he's out. He's with his family. They they do their prayer circle, but fans know yeah. that they do this. And you've got little kids lining up along the gates of Brian Denny. And as, as long as he's got yeah. time, he he's unless unless the team's leaving, he walks over and talks to him. Thanks for coming out. He's just a he was a, okay. Monday's press conference. You know, Nick Saban said something that that sort of was unlike him. You know, and it, it I don't know. 
he said he was somebody asked him what Tua's legacy was, and he went on this really long answer. But part of it, uh, you know, he said, you know, you 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 want to say that you're true and fair to every player as a coach. You you want to say that every player's completely equal in your mind, but th- there's no way. It's just not human nature. He he said I can think of four or five players that that I truly loved as people. Um just beyond football. Just you love who they are as a person, their personality, the way they affect people, the way they build up your team, your organization, and Tua was one of those four or five. Yeah. That, that's, uh, a str- that's a strong statement for somebody with as many years under his belt as Nick Saban. And it's a little shocking to hear somebody say something like that. that but just- it's, it's honest. And I, I think that's one thing that I've always appreciated about Saban is whether or not you like what he says, it's honest. Alabama it, very rarely lets their I'll say guard it's not a facade it's just a it's, it's just, just a, a barrier it's just a bar- they very rarely let their barrier down it's usually the same stuff every week right just going out there every week it's yeah. it's Saban you know always talking about we're trying to do everything we can to be successful players though we're focused on them it's coach speak their players do it too the barrier was yeah. down this week there was so much honesty in that room it was crazy I want to I want to ask you I'm I'm going to say two things and then I'm going to ask you a question about his legacy um and that's kind of how we'll button this topic up but uh, the two things I want to say that stood out for me from uh Saban's press conference was you know I called the guy expecting to cheer him up and he's the one that ended up cheering me up and making me laugh mm-hmm. and that was that's a type of guy that too is you're looking on social media and he's dancing in his hospital bed granted he's probably feeling pretty good from the amount of painkillers he was on <laughs> in the IV drip perhaps but, um you know, there's there's multiple videos, and he's uh, he's sitting there making everybody else laugh. He's sitting there playing his ukulele and singing, and you know, everybody's just kind of having a good time. And that's just that's the type of guy he is. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say before I ask you the question about his legacy, um, and I guess I'll I'll sort of answer it myself before I hand it over to you. Um, about a month before I got married to my wife. There was I had an opportunity to go to South Carolina game. And if you're a listener to this podcast, you know, I ended up going. Um, And I had a lot of people ask me when I went to that game, like, oh, man, you know, at that point, the Bulls were starting to look like we were going to make a charge back into the playoffs. Um, And we eventually ended up doing that. Um, And it was that week our season ended. Um, So it was, you know, had we made it another couple of games deeper into the championship series, I wouldn't have been able to go to that game. Um, and a lot of people kept asking me, okay, well, you've got, you know, you've got the Saturday off. It's the first Saturday after the season's ended. You're not going to help Jade wedding plan. Um, (laughs) and you're right. I, I absolutely should have. Uh, and I didn't because I, I, everyone who asked me that I said, I'm never going to get to see this kid play live again. Uh, cause I knew I wasn't going to another game this season. Um, obviously I didn't like, I wasn't like a soothsayer. I didn't foresee him getting injured, but just to go and watch him play my favorite sport, knowing the way that he played it, the way he saw the game, I couldn't pass that up. I had to go. And of course he went out and threw for, I think, I think he had five total touchdowns threw for four of them and had like 400 yards or so. I mean, he had a ridiculous game. Um, one of the best of his career. Um, and it was such an impressive showing. And I walked out of the stadium and I was like, you know what? 
I I did everything I could to get to this game. I soaked in every single moment of it. I'm never going to feel unsatisfied about Tua Tungavailoa because I got to see him play multiple times in his career at Alabama, and the last game I got to see, he was lights out. And I will never feel a sense of sadness when he graduates or when he goes to the NFL. That's just how it'll be. And Saturday, that was one of the first it's it's selfish, but it's one of the first things that I thought of after, oh, God, I hope he can play again. Um, It was immediately a very, very and I mentioned this in the piece that I wrote. um, It was a very cruel sense of nostalgia almost immediately um, where it was. Oh, my gosh, I don't think I embraced, you know, every single waking moment of it as much as I could have. Um, you know, second and 26, you know, we'll never forget that, but it's more than that. You know, it's, it's also his first drive against Louisville. Um, you know, it's, it's the big moments like that. It's him cheering on Jalen on the sideline last year during the SEC championship. There's so many good moments from Tua that it's just, it's tough to not feel nostalgic and it's, that's off the field stuff on a lot of that, but on the field, man, that, that boy takes a five step drop and he's got protection good things are going to happen or it's going to be an incompletion. It's never going to be a pick. It's never going to be something. Every time he let go of the ball deep, I thought it was a touchdown. And I've never felt that way, not only about an Alabama quarterback, about any quarterback I've ever watched as much as I did about Tua. Um, So it was, I, I got hit with a very, immediate sense of nostalgia, which I think is something that's kind of rare because you don't you don't experience that a lot. Usually it's a couple years or months after something happens and you're like, oh man, I should have enjoyed that a little bit more. It was immediate. When I realized he wasn't going to play again, I was I was distraught. I was upset. Um he's he'll go down as he should go down, and I'll say this about his legacy. He should go down as one of the greatest college football quarterbacks of all time. And he won't. And I'll ask you why he won't and then get your thoughts on this. Um, but I will say this. The amount of people that I've seen that have said, oh, well, Bama's just going to plug in another five-star and play fine. You're not wrong. And I related it in the piece that I wrote to uh, saying that the 1920s Yankees would be fine losing Babe Ruth because they had Bob Moisel. Like, it, it's just, it's not, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's a, you've you got another great athlete behind them. But that is a generational talent that is somebody that my kids my grandkids are never going to see a quarterback like that in an Alabama uniform period um so that's what I'll say I I think his legacy should be uh he should be considered one of the greatest of all time um he set FBS records for passer efficiency uh yards per attempt and touchdown rate um he didn't play a second half of a game until November of last season and still set multiple records. Um, this season he was lights out until he got injured. And one thing that you said um, about the Heisman, I really loved and I want you to say it here um, was just the fact that every single time he was healthy, he was the leader for the Heisman yep. head and shoulders. above everybody. Every week that he was healthy as a starter, right? He came into he came in last year. Um, you know, he'd never started a game. And he came into the season as the Heisman favorite. And he was the Heisman favorite every single week, wire to wire, until the SEC championship game when he got hurt. Then he entered this year. We all thought it would be Lawrence. But uh, at the end of the day, week one, Tua was still barely the, the Heisman favorite over Lawrence. And was until the Tennessee game. And that's just... Yep. That's, every, it's, every it's week. sad. 
It's sad. Um, one thing that I liked seeing uh, on Twitter was someone mentioned the last passes that Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa threw in Bryant Denny Stadium were both touchdowns. Now that's just special. Um, that's that's just that's poetic. You know that, so that really is. I'll get. A, I'll I'll do my Tua legacy soapbox. My soliloquy. It might be. It might be kind of long, but when when I think about it, no player entered was introduced to college football quite the way that Tua was. Cardale Jones is the closest I can think of it, but we saw him before the national championship. Tua right. was introduced. Alabama fans knew who he was. We heard the rumors that he was the best quarterback that's ever been on Alabama's campus, and he was a true freshman, and unfortunately, he, he was behind a true freshman that played really well the year before. Um, But nobody was introduced to college football the way he was. Second half of the national championship, We've all seen it. Second and twenty-six leads the comeback. Alabama wins it, and 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 it was insane. Like just just the enigma that was Tua Tungavailoa, especially in the South, but everywhere. It it just the enigma that because we just got that taste, and already it was this this moment of of such greatness, this iconic moment in college football, one that you're gonna look back on and. Top ten plays, most impactful plays, and the and you know walk off touchdown in the national championship doesn't get bigger than that. That's a grand slam and bottom of the ninth to win the World Series, kind of deal. So for the next several months, it was just this enigma, and 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 the people in the South were just dying for more. Right? We we saw the potential, we knew what it could be, and people and but that's immediately when you know I'll call them naysayers. I won't say haters, but People wanted to to doubt, right? Oh, you know, Georgia hadn't game planned for them. Okay, we hear it. It's an argument, and there might be validity to it. He gets the starting job over Jalen Hurts in, 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 in a much ballyhooed decision. Um, everybody wanted to make negatives out of that. No, None of the three big characters in that play, Tua, Jalen, or Saban, did anything to give them that satisfaction, which is another thing I add to his legacy. He gets the starting job, and it was those first two and a half months of 2018, we've never seen quarterback play on that level. It, it was, no. and it's hard to think back to it. It is because of what we know now and, and sort of the perception of him now by a lot of people. Right. Everybody right. knows he's great. I'm not saying people think he sucks. Nobody thinks that, obviously. But we hadn't seen that at that level ever ever statistically if you take his if you take those first 6 games he played in 2018 compare them to any 6 games of any quarterback more, more in college than six. football history up, up to LSU up to LSU it, it's it's incomparable no statistically it is 6 the number is 6 games you take his 6 games against anyone else's his are better period his his, his efficiency period. His yards per attempt, his touchdowns, he hadn't thrown a pick. He didn't, and I said LSU, he hadn't thrown a pick till the LSU game. And then he went out and he torched Auburn. Um, I mean, I'll even go up to that SEC championship game, which is, it, it was, nobody'd seen anything like it. And you can't show me another quarterback that was doing that. And, then, you know, of course, naysayers want to go, well, he's at Alabama. Well, he's got those receivers. Well, this, well, that. You know, He's not the first five-star quarterback to take a snap at Alabama or the first four-star. Alabama's never started a three-star quarterback under Nick Saban. Never. They've always had a top ten. Always. Tua wasn't the top quarterback in his recruiting class. 
He was, he was not the number one guy. I, I don't remember who was in that class. I'd have to go back and look. He was the number one dual threat, but he had a couple pro-style guys better than him as far as the rankings went. You know? And Alabama's yeah. not ever... Their cupboard's never been bare at wide receiver, but it was different when Tua was there. And that's yeah. why it's not a given that the next guy's going to step in and do that, be it Mac Jones or Bryce Young or Talia Tungabailoa or Paul Tyson or whoever takes the first snap against USC next year. Nobody'd seen yeah. that. And then he did it with in an insane amount of class. And and one thing yes. that two has never gotten the credit for, even some people hated this about Tim Tebow, the 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 um the religious aspect to it. But it was part of his draw. It was part of what made ESPN latch on to him. And and yeah. everybody latch on to him. And he was the biggest thing that I still think he's the biggest star college football's ever had. I know Johnny Manziel was big, and I think Tim Tebow's still the number one star that college football's ever seen. But that was part of what people thought of when they thought. I don't know that that got attached to two in the same way. And yet every week he went out there with, with, a, with you know the, the cross on his eye black. Every week. Yes, he wasn't allowed to put John 316 on there, but every week in every press conference, you know, thanking God. And it didn't get put on there. And I'm not saying it's a disservice. It could be a bit of a disservice, but yeah, it's yeah, it's that's that's we, definitely we a tough won't see we it. won't see his equal. I just no. There will be quarterbacks as talented as him. There will be quarterbacks that complete a whole lot of passes. I mean, Kyler Murray came close to having the record in the same season. They both broke the record in the same season. It's like the 1998 home run race, but yeah. It's it's just it's an incredibly sad situation. Um, you know, I I don't I don't like the conversation of where does Alabama go from here. Uh, mainly because I I just well because I don't be think fine. there's a good answer for it. And they'll uh, be fine. One, it's and, Alabama. They're going to be okay. It's, and two, I I think it's I think it's a little bit. I don't want to say it's disrespectful to the legacy, but I think one thing that Alabama fans have gotten, and we see it week to week, you know, like look up in the stands tomorrow. There's going to be nobody at that game, right? There's they, there's just not going to be anybody at that game. Alabama fans have gotten accustomed to a certain lifestyle of perfection and dominance to the point where they're they're so hungry for the next thing, sometimes they forget how far they've come, right? 2009, the undefeated season was the first title in 17 years for that program. 17 years. Um, now, if Alabama goes between, you know, goes 17 years between winning another national title from 2017, which could happen, um, it's going to be 2034, you know, and it's I, that's that's mind boggling to me. Um, but Alabama fans will still sit there and wait on the glory days to come back. Um, and a lot of them will refuse to look back and see the amount of progress that's been made. And I really don't want that to happen to Tua. So that's what I'm getting at here is the amount of people looking forward and saying, oh, well, to get in the playoff, we need to have X, Y, Z happen. Man, let that go. Let that go for a week. Let's just just go back and look at the career that you just got to watch. Period. That's yeah. just, it's impressive. It's, it's, it's just, and impressive. I, I consider myself, and I don't know that I, there's really any other player yet, and my career is pretty young, but that I really, really feel lucky to have gotten to cover in a sense that other people yeah. didn't. Obviously, they're yeah. nice people. I loved covering guys like Quinn and Williams. 
My yeah. favorite interview I've covered in my career, Quinn and Williams. But two is probably the guy at this point that it, that I feel lucky is in the sense of there are a lot of people out there that didn't get to cover this guy and be a part of this. We called it Tua Mania at our station. It's just this it's crazy. It, it was an enigma. It was it. I can't listen. I I I take note of this sitting. You know, I was sitting at a Mexican restaurant the other day. And the amount of different families in my peripheral that I heard say the word Tua. But it's been like that for two years. I'm at yeah. I'm at the grocery store and I just hear people on the phone with their friend. And, and it's a word that when you hear it, your ears perk up now. It's genuinely like a cuss word. You know, in the way that you hear a cuss word. And you, go, yeah, what? Yeah. you hear the word Tua and it's like, oh, Tua? It's it's insane around here. I'm just, I, I consider myself lucky to have been a part of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so just one last question as we wrap this up because I know we've got to get to... A little bit more jolly of a topic for you, but not for me. Um, I'm going to ask you to explain uh, not just the career, but explain Tua Tungavailoa in one word. Ooh. Do you have one? I'll, I mean, I'll... I, I do. I do. Mine is, is dominant. Just pure domination from the standpoint of to me, dominant is when you do something in the stadium uh, and everyone knows that play is coming and they still can't stop it. It's it. That's Mark Ingram lining up in the wildcat against South Carolina in 2009. Everybody knew where he was going to run it. It didn't matter. He still got 12 yards carry. Um, it's Tua dropping back to pass in the 2017 national title game. It's just everybody knew you know, when the ball was snapped, he was about to let it go and nobody could stop it. And that's how his entire career wound up. Yep. Sure, there were a couple well, of games hey, where he didn't play great. But me, 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 and the, me and the people in the in the press box on a Saturday, Alabama had, by the way, they had several third and longs in that first half. And every time yes. they got to it, we were sitting there going, hey, he's going to pick it up. It was really, I'm getting off topic now, but it was one of those weeks uh, that as a sports yep. guy, you, I th- I had my, my story written at halftime. It, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting off yep. on a personal tangent, but I had, I mean, it, it was like that. It was like, no, there's there's a lot of games like that. When you work in college athletics, that happens a lot. It's, yeah, you know, you've of got guys who are just trying to get stories done. Of course, when it um, when he went down, I erased my I I actually on my Microsoft Word deleted every word I'd written. But yeah, um, yeah, no, it was just okay. Is my word allowed to have a hyphen in it? Sure, first class. Good. Just yeah. no, I like it. Everything he did, relations with people, of course, on the field. Um, you know, he was money in every press conference. He was. I, I will never forget. Speaking of the Tua Mania, I will never forget the uh, yeah. the Tennessee game last year in Knoxville. They trot Tua out for the for the post game, and it was the first time we'd been given access to him post game since the national championship. Alabama was still sort of keeping them under their wraps, but Tennessee is when they sort of started their Heisman campaign. So they yeah. that's when they first started putting Tua out there as a face of the team. He was out there almost every week this year, but last year it hadn't happened till third Saturday in October, and we were always kind of joking, like, ah, oh, they're not giving us Tua. They're not giving us Tua. Nah, nah. They're still afraid of us talking to him. And then they trot yeah. Tua out. He was like the fourth player out. So we were all with somebody. I, I think we were with, um, we were with, uh, I think we're maybe with Anthony Jennings. So I want to say he got a fumble recovery in that game. And it, 
he was he was mid conversation, and this sounds rude, but this is just sort of the reality of the situation. Oh, and as business. soon as Tua came out of that locker room, two hundred people all trying to get in there with him. Luckily, we got front and center. We were awesome because we're a great team. But yeah, sure. It was it was madness, and it was like that until basically until Saturday, and it still will. Anyway, that yeah. Was, so that was, that's. That's the legacy that is Tua Tungvalu. There's nothing that says he won't come back next year. There's been nothing that you know has come out to say that he I, won't I would come be, back. But selfishly, yes, I would love that as a college football and Alabama fan. But I there would also would be, be I would be a little like uh, upset. Yeah, I would too. I would too. So for what most people are thinking, his his career in in college is over. We look forward to a very fruitful NFL career um, and just. Uh, leaps and bounds of success for him uh, wherever he goes and whatever he does. If he, if he decides not to play football ever again, you know, I know that there's millions and millions of people literally um, who just want to see him succeed and be happy and live a long, healthy, happy life. So get well soon to a Tungavailoa. We're very, very excited. We got to watch you play uh, brick. We had some more podcast news this past week that happened on Thursday night. <laughs> Boy, I'm so pissed. I couldn't be more here for this. <laughs> I am so pissed. <laughs> I know you are, cause yeah. Kent State upsets Buffalo 3027. They Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Continue. Twenty-four unanswered points in the fourth quarter. I was so pissed. You cut out for a second there, but I'll I'll, I'll take over. Um, Kent State just dominates Buffalo. It just never. Shut up. No, li- Shut literally, up. literally never a doubt in my mind. Oh my god, it's so frightening. You didn't even watch the game. I was listen. I was sitting there in wicked, pissing off the people behind me because I was watching the game on my phone. You were not. You were not. I kept cheering and. People were like, wow, that's wildly inappropriate. This is the sad part of the play. I hate this. My wife did such a great job covering for your ass on like Twitter, Glinda by the way. and Elphaba just got in a big fight, and you're over here cheering. It's just it's so rude of you to not even acknowledge Jane <laughs> Jade Snorwood. She she could not have been a better fill-in, a better partner. I, I know I, I I finally understand why you married her. Shut up! No, right. I'm kidding. I knew that from the first time I met her. But all right, um, we've got we've got. Look, we've got a lot to talk about. I don't want to talk about this anymore. No, 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 you no, get no, the no, sweetheart no, 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 no. trophy. No, no, no. You this were year. so sure. And here's what I did. Here's what I. I just want to tell. I want to tell you why I'm taking credit for this. I took both audio files and transcripts of all the stuff you said leading into that game, and sent oh, it to the Kent State athletic facility. Last week, this guy literally asked me who his quarterback was. Oh, like you knew the name of your quarterback before you had ESPN in front of you 13 seconds before we started our episode. Yeah, but I looked it up. <laughs> I at least gave a crap enough to look it up. That's, that's, so that's... Congrats, congrats to you. We've got uh, next paycheck I get, we are buying a Sweetheart Bowl trophy. Um, it will be engraved with, uh, never forget who won the first one, Wake Forest over NC State. I will say this, the past two Sweetheart Bowls have been awesome games. Yes, they have been. They've both been upsets. They've, been They've both been games. second half comebacks. It's, that's the beauty. And hopefully next year we get one like that as well, but it's, 
So we've got I've got I've got I'm not going to go through like box scores or anything. I do want to go over one stat that drove me bananas. Buffalo had the ball 36 minutes of this game. 36 minutes. You like that? There was there was a blocked punt. There was a fumble. There like everything that could have gone wrong in the fourth quarter. Buffalo needed to score once and they win that game. But they didn't. Nope. Never. They didn't. Uh doubt total yards buffalo 379 kent state 280 you know what i'm not doing this i'm not doing this i'm pissed about it it's not your fault but i'm not happy with you about it i i was i i was never 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 worried about it not once i I knew the whole way Congrats on your sweetheart bowl. Next year we're doing something a little different. We're not going to reveal the sweetheart bowl until the week before. We'll do a specialty episode the week before to preview it, um, and then we will brick. We will watch the game together and live tweet it. Yes, we will. Period. Statement done. All right, let's move on to the weekend. Uh, let's see if you've heard this before. One, two, three, and four. Uh, all right, excuse me, one, two, and three all roll in their games. LSU over Mississippi, uh, Ohio State over Rutgers, and Clemson over Wake. Good God, Wake. I mean, put up a fight. Looks like Clemson's pretty much figured it out. Trevor Lawrence is back uh, back on his uh, back on his good game. And then you've got uh, Travis Etienne with 121 rushing yards. I mean, it was, it was never even close. Uh, Alabama obviously took down Mississippi State 38-7. Brick, I want to talk about two games right now. Uh, we can either talk Oklahoma Baylor first or Georgia Auburn first. It's your call. Let's uh let's talk Oklahoma Baylor first. This game was nuts. You had Baylor up 28-3. You had Jalen Hurts turning the ball over three times in the first half. Leads an incredible comeback. Oklahoma wins 34-31 uh, on a field goal in the last minute. Uh, Jalen Hurts with 297 passing yards and 114 rushing yards. Uh, those were team highs in both, obviously. Uh, Brick, I'm going to ask you a quick question. They were down 28-3 and won 34-31. The playoff committee ranked them at ninth. This playoffs? does not give me any any sort of conclusive evidence as to how the nation feels about this. So I'm going to ask my best friend in the whole world. Whole world. Buy or sell Oklahoma? I'm still buying them. I still think that they're a major threat at that four seed. I know they're at nine. Um, but the, we still got a they're, long they're a way to threat. we got a long way There's, to go. These these next two weeks are going to be really crucial in football. I will buy Oklahoma as well, but I'm not going to buy them at full price. I'm going to wait for that Black Friday sale to come out in a couple weeks. You you want a team that knows how to win that game, right? Yeah, that says a lot that you that you know how to win that game in November. And and let me tell you, like, I think if they play again in, in the Big 12 championship. I think Oklahoma crushes them. Yeah, I, I think do too. they. I think they crushed them to the point where we go. The 28-3 deal was was a fluke, and no nobody cares that Jalen had three turnovers anymore. Everybody cares that he led the team back from 28-3 as they should, right? Nobody cared yep. that Tom Brady played like absolute dog crap the first half of the Super Bowl against the Falcons. We just know what he did in the second half, and let me tell yep. you, he threw a pick yep. six. In that first half, he played like dog crap. Nobody remembers the pick six that he threw in that game. Yep, you're right. You're right. Uh, 
Moving on, Georgia-Auburn. Hey, see if this sounds familiar. Looks like uh, the team playing against Auburn is completely in control for most of the game until the fourth quarter when Auburn almost comes back and wins it. Does that sound familiar? That, that yeah, <laughs> that's, that's about hey, right. You want to know, know the stat that uh, convinces me why Auburn lost this game? What's that? Bo Nix threw the ball 50 times. Oh, that's been a big deal this week. That's what everybody's talking about here in Birmingham. He threw the ball... 50 he was 30 for 50 for 245 yards and one touchdown here's the other stat though he was also the team's leading rusher buddy this auburn offense is brutal to watch when they're on they are very very on when they are off which is like 80 percent of the time it looks like no one knows what they're doing well they should never they should never they're one of those offenses that has two different switch, like in, in a way that they should never not be running their two-minute offense. Just turn into 2010 Oklahoma if you have to, or not Oklahoma, uh, Oregon if you have to. But when they when they have a sense of urgency about themselves, like they did at the end of the LSU game and the end of the Georgia game, they turn it on, and it, it, it makes no yep. sense. It, it's why they play as a as a shell of themselves for you know the first 28 minutes of every half. Yep. Um, but no, 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 no. Um, it, Bo Nix almost had another one of those moments. You know, the cool, calm, collected. Oh, look what he did against Oregon, and he almost—he was—he was very close to it against Georgia. Scored 14 points in three minutes. Got the ball back. Could go tie it. Uh, refs did miss a face mask, which was pretty egregious. Yep. But the fourth and two throw, um, where he threw it Just behind bad. Harold Joyner, and Harold Joyner had about 30 yards in front of him, and that dude's pretty shifty. He had a chance to get down to the 10, maybe even score, had he had Bonix put the ball in front of him. Short arms it, throws it behind Joyner. Joyner still should have caught it. He wouldn't have scored at that point because he would have had to, you know, change his route yeah. a little bit. But and then He would have definitely was... gotten the first down. I mean, it's... And then that was it's it. Just, it's just... It, it was just so brutal to watch the first three quarters of this game because it wasn't like Georgia was setting the world on fire either I don't know what Georgia's offensive plan is or why they refused to let Jake Fromm just sling the ball around he only had 110 yards this game granted he had three touchdowns and that's great DeAndre Swift had like an NFL type day 17 carries for 106 yards and no touchdowns this Georgia offense is not impressing me both of these teams defenses are so good Mm -hmm. they are so so good and for me, both of these offenses hold these teams back so much that it's hard to watch. Yeah. It, it, no, it's you're... truly just hard <laughs> no. to watch. No, you're right. So, I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, Auburn Auburn is a decent offense. A decent offense, I promise you, from being undefeated this year. A decent yes. offense. Not just, yes. not, not just a good, a decent Greg McElroy offense from yep. being undefeated ranked number one in the country right now. Yeah, you're right. Instead, uh, they've got three losses, and they're ranked 15th. Yeah, no, it's it's just it's brutal. Um, we're going to move on to next week. There's not much to talk about next week. Um, you've got Ohio State at Penn State. That's the game day game. One thing that's kind of been in the news lately with game day, Ohio State fans are apparently boycotting the game, uh, saying that they prefer Fox because ESPN has got too much SEC bias. Do you hate this? Brick, do you hate doing this? <laughs> For a team that has had 
more college game days on their campus than anyone in the country. This seems like a really stupid move. This reminds me of when Baylor hired a PR representative to try and get them in the playoff in 2014. It's just how stupid can you be? That's that's such a slap in the face to people trying to give you exposure and show off your brand. Yeah, and I know it's, it's not like Ohio State's brand is suffering. Like I know it's a very recognizable brand and their fans love it a lot and they're obviously not struggling this year. But why would you piss off the entity that is trying to show you off week after week uh, to could, recruits? It's could. stupid to boycott that. So you, what? You're a recruit. You wake up Saturday morning and there's like, I don't know, 200 people at game day, which isn't that much. OK, why would I go there? They obviously don't care. Like, it's, it's just dumb. And the Big Ten does shit like this all the time, too. They constantly whine. Everyone in the Big Ten constantly whines about how terrible the SEC is. And it's just this woe is me crap and poor old Big Ten. No, poor old Big Ten, my ass. The only reason it's poor old Big Ten is because you guys implode every season and can't beat unranked opponents. So <laughs> don't give me this SEC bias bull crap when you're the ones that can't even figure it out. You're on Sorry. it. No, I'm that, now. Hey, you nailed it. I'm done. You nailed it. It just, it just frustrates the hell out of me. I'm so sick of – I'm just so sick of it. I'm so tired of it. The bias for the SEC, the bias for the SEC. All right, well, how about this? We've got one team uh, – excuse me, we've got two teams in playoff contention. we got three teams in the top five, yeah. But at the same time, how many of those teams realistically has a chance to make it in the playoff? One, maybe two. Maybe two. And it's just I, – I don't understand the bias conversation. Penn State Minnesota could have been in that conversation too, but guess what? They lost to crappy opponents. It's just, it's just dumb. I, I just, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. So anyway, let's get back to this garbage game. That's big noon Saturday. Uh, you've got Ohio State and Penn State. Brick, does Penn State have any shot in this game? Is that game still also at noon? Yes. They're gonna have game day and then turn around and go right into the stadium. This is, yeah. I'm just, I'm not a big noon guy. Um, don't well, that's Fox's wrong. big push. Because CBS, they dominate the 2.30 slot, and ESPN dominates the 8 o'clock slot. Oh, I know why, so they, they, I know why they do it. We're like, here we go. Yeah. I know why they do it, because they've got no other choice. But <laughs> um, Are you asking me what I think about the game? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, do you think that Penn State has a shot to upset, upset oh. Ohio State? I'll give them a shot if they can force. Oh, this is very generic. <laughs> this is very, very. I'm I'm reaching into the bottom of the barrel for for very generic takes here. But yeah, if they can force a couple turnovers and force Ohio State to play out of themselves. But listen, Ohio State leads the nation in both uh, offense and defense. They're number one in both right now. I'm gonna lean. You know what? No, they don't have a shot. They really don't. They don't yeah, have a shot. No, I- I don't. I don't think so either. I think Ohio State will eventually be in the national title game. Because um, what I just gave you, against, what I just I gave no you was, yeah, well, anybody can win any given Saturday, and that's not analysis. So I'm going to back off that bullcrap, and I'm going to say, no, Ohio State is going to absolutely eviscerate Penn State. Yeah, I think it's going to get ugly really quick. Um, I think Justin Fields is, excuse me, going to have a field gay pun, field gay field. Day, Dude. pun intended, <laughs> this game. Um, but I, I don't see any way that J.K. Dobbins... I mean, Minnesota ran all over this Penn State team. Why would J.K. Dobbins not? Minnesota threw all over this Penn State team. Why would uh, Justin Fields not? It's just, there's no... 
There's no rhyme or reason for this. And honestly, if I'm game day, as soon as people start saying, you know what, we're protesting, okay, that's fine. We're going to go to Tempe. We're going to go to Sun Devil Stadium. You've got Arizona State and Herm Edwards playing Oregon at home, a one-loss Oregon team who's trying to make it in the playoff. To me, that is a better matchup. And I know that sounds ridiculous because top 10, whatever. But they protested game day. Why? That's so stupid. I don't it's know so who's I, I gotta dumb. say I don't know who's doing it. It could be some drunk frat guys that wanted to get in a in a dead spin article, but um I don't know. It's <laughs> have I ever been less interested in a week of college football than I am this week? I, I, I'm 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 there with you. I'm I'm excited again for this Oregon Arizona State game. I think that could be a fun one. I think that's the one that could shake up the most playoff implicate. Now, obviously, if like LSU loses to Arkansas, it's going to shake some things up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> if yeah, yeah. <laughs> if that happened, right? If if LSU lost to the high school team that plays out in Little Rock, then yeah. Um, but no, I think uh, hey, Gus Mel's on to uh, Arkansas. Is it happening? Jeez, no, Houston, <laughs> not baby. <laughs> Uh, I don't think it's happening, but I've got I've got a lot of people that I work with that 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 have already told themselves it's happening. Oregon's on upset watch this week for me. Yeah, well, I don't think they're actually going to lose, but I think they need to be careful. I, I, I picked I Iowa outright. I picked Iowa outright. I mean, I, I saw that one coming a mile away. I don't know why I did. You're brilliant uh, because it's Iowa, and you go into Kinnick Stadium, and things just That's where, go completely wrong. They feast on teams with that. That just had the biggest moment of their program's career, and you think everything's going smooth, and the moment's really big for them. They feast they on teams in that moment. Team. And guess what's going to happen at Kinnick Stadium this weekend? They're going to lose to Illinois for no reason. For no reason. Who all? For who no all, reason at all. Who was the lost to Illinois this year? Was that Wisconsin? Wisconsin. Illinois can beat somebody now. That's Herm, baby. No. No? No, that's no. Lovey. That's Lovey. Sorry. Herm is Lovey. Arizona State. Herm's forks up, babe. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. No so, doubt. No doubt. No all doubt. Right. No doubt. That'll do it for us this week? Question mark? Uh, you said you had a sound off today. I did. I did. And I don't remember what it is at all. Do you remember what I was even talking about? We were on the co- We were talking a little bit about Jade a little bit. Mm. Um, no. No? Definitely not about her. It wasn't no. about her? Everything going, everything good, everything good, you know? New, everything's just, great. Everything's good. Oh, no, I know what it was. Okay. I know what it was. Jade and I got a new house. Jade and I are in a new house. We're very excited about it. It's a little bit down the road. We get an office, so I'll actually have like a little sound studio that I can put together that Let's aren't go. couch pillows. Let's go. Yeah, so that's going to be, that's going to be awesome. We're really excited about that. And we're, when are we having a sleepover? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. We're going to hang out too. We've actually got plans to like visit and see each other next year, which oh, is that's nice. Right. We're like, we're sort of in the baby steps of making a decision and, um, uh, we're going to see, we're going to see our, we're going to, is it okay to say he's our child, Tyler? Tyler? Yeah. I'm fine with that. He was my domestic partner for three years, but yeah, yeah we're, we're really excited about that. It'll be your wife and my wife and Tyler makes three. Um, so it's, <laughs> it's going to be a, it's going to be a big old time. We may even do a live podcast. We'll see. Maybe. We, we don't know. Maybe. We're not big on off-season podcasts, but maybe we switch things up this year. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is a podcast that Brick and I have always wanted to do. You have made that possible. Don't forget to leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars and then tell us what you actually think in the comment, and I will send you a sticker if it's below $10. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Love doing this podcast with my best friend in the whole world. Whole world. What's better than this? Guys being dudes.